0: It's good to see you all this morning, uh, evening, it's not in my notes to say morning, but as I was practicing this morning, I was using, so that's probably where that come from. It's good to see you this evening, it's great to be here. Uh, it's been a busy week, maybe for each one of us, having such a busy week, school, getting going again, all the activities of life that continually happen, work and all that, Things just come along at us, but it's great that we're able to take this time, this pause out of our busy schedule, that we can come together and that we can study God's word with one another this evening. We're picking back up in Acts chapter 25, which is really a continuation of Paul's ultimate journey, which is to end up in Rome. I think I paused it. There we go. All right. So this is a continuation that started all the way back in chapter 21 verse 17 when Paul had left Caesarea and had gone down to Jerusalem and there he was arrested. And upon this arrest he had been put through uh, this trial and of course he He ends up being scourged and he asks, is it lawful for you to scourge a Roman citizen? And anyway, it gets him to where he's detained for this whole long period of time. And so it all happened at Jerusalem and he's been through a lot. He's gone through this whole journey. He's been preaching the message, this gospel message everywhere that he's gone to And he has not stopped preaching it. Even in captivity, he's continuing to preach this message. He's had all of these false accusations laid against him. All these plots to kill him and to uh, basically hold him as a prisoner this whole time. The plots against his life. Even though he's innocent of the charges that are brought against him, he's still in this battle. And so... As we come to where we are this evening, we're still in the Jerusalem area and in the Caesarea area. And I forgot to put a map on the board. so if, if y'all can see this map this little dot over here, y'all, y'all don't okay, well, y'all know. if y'all looked at Justin's map. The prior week, you know, that's where we still are in that same area. We haven't left yet. But even though this is considered his journey to Rome, this is about where it happens because tonight Paul is going to appeal to Caesar. So in verse number one, he says, Now when Festus had come to the province after three days, he went from Caesarea to Jerusalem. And so here Festus, Who is Festus? Well, he's now the new governor of the region of Judea. Essentially, he's the same position and power that Pontius Pilate was. And so he's taken over for Felix, who was hated by the Jews. And not just because Felix wouldn't give Paul to the Jews for one of their plots to kill him, you know, just hey, bring back out so that we can have our way with it, so we can kill him. Felix wouldn't do that. And so now, as Festus is taking the place of Felix, you have Paul still being held captive there, even though Felix couldn't find anything wrong with him. But Felix also didn't let Paul go, even though he didn't find anything wrong. And so when Festus comes on the scene he still has this prisoner left by Felix. But while Felix uh, Festus had gone from Caesarea down to Jerusalem, you have these Jews now in verse number two that come to him. It says, Then the high priest and chief men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they petitioned him, asking a favor against him, that he would summon him to Jerusalem while they lay in ambush along the road to kill him so remember when paul was first arrested at jerusalem this whole plot had happened once before where they had gone to the commander of that army who they were like hey bring him back out and whenever you bring him out we're going to kill him and of course the sister son was it paul's sister son had gone to that commander and say, hey, this is what they're planning on doing. And that's when that commander had surrounded Paul with these uh, army of soldiers, the two centurions and all these horsemen, and all this maybe overkill for the situation. But he sent Paul from Jerusalem up to Caesarea in order to protect Paul, that Roman citizen. And, of course, the Jews, they had gotten mad. They had ripped their clothes. They had thrown dust in the air, which never made any sense to me. Maybe just in the wrestling world it made sense. But not in this case. It it doesn't make sense. They rent their clothes. But they had petitioned of Festus. They came to him. They said, hey, we want to ask a favor of you. Felix wouldn't do this for us, but maybe you will. Look at what happened. We got Felix kicked out of this position. And now maybe if you will just have favor with us, then we'll have favor with you. Why don't you bring Paul back down to Jerusalem and we'll lie and wait and ambush him. But Festus in verse 4 says, he answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea and that he himself was going there shortly. Therefore, he said, let those who have authority among you, go down with me and accuse this man to see if there are any faults in him. So while Festus was at Jerusalem, you had the chief of the, the high priest and the chief men, the really influential men among the Jews who had come to him. And they said, hey, look, we influence all the other Jews. And if you want our favor, do this for us. And Festus says, no, I'm going to keep Paul there at Jerusalem, I mean at Caesarea, and any of you who have authority, y'all should come with me so we can find accusation against Paul. But that was their plan the whole time, was to bring Paul back down to Jerusalem. But Festus wouldn't do that. He wouldn't give in to their request yet, and I only say yet Because Festus doesn't want to end up like Felix with that whole Paul situation. uh, How he had lost favorability among the Jews. And not just because of the situation with Paul, but just Felix had treated the Jews in general just poorly in his reign of governor. And so not yet was he going to bring Paul to Jerusalem. Verse uh, 6, he says, When he had remained among them more than ten days, he went to Caesarea. And the next day, sitting on the judgments, he, he commanded Paul to be brought out. Now, unlike some of the other chapters that we've already looked at in the book of Acts and the study of Acts where Paul gets a lot of time to speak, you're not going to see a lot of time in this chapter of Paul speaking. It's mainly going to be of Festus speaking, and then of Festus and King Agrippa, but you're not going to see Paul speak a lot in this. So Festus finally leaves Jerusalem. He gets up to Caesarea, and now he's wasting no time. He says, bring Paul out before me. Verse 7, when he had come, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. And that's a lot, right? They had laid all these charges against Paul. What were the charges? They were throwing everything out at him. You know, just kind of like spaghetti. They, they just threw everything and whatever stuck. You know, that was what they were trying to do in this legal case against Paul. But nothing that they threw could stick. Well, that's not good. The, the very next... Part of that should be some some points I got on there. Let me see if I could read them out because it's not in very light print for y'all. One was that he had broken the law. Two, that he had defiled the temple, which we saw from chapter 21, and that he had dealt in a treasonable practice. That was basically the accusations that they brought before uh, Paul, saying of Paul, and while he uh, answered for himself, this is Paul, neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I offended in any thing at all. So though Paul is not recorded in very much detail, this is one part where Paul speaks in this chapter, saying, I've not done anything that was against the law. Of the Romans. I've not done anything that defiled the temple, nor have I done anything against Caesar. And again, all the things that they accused Paul of doing, well, he broke the law. Well, which law did he break? Prove that he broke the law. They couldn't. He defiled the temple. Well, how did he do that? You know, show us how he did that. They couldn't do it. None of the things that they brought against him, he's offended Caesar. Well, how? None of those things could stick. But Festus, wanting to do the Jews a favor, wait a second. We saw that just a little bit ago, didn't we? Where they came to him, they said, hey, do us a favor. So Paul defended himself against the Jews, these Jews that had authority among them that had come with Festus back to Caesarea. They said, hey, we want you to do us a favor he says, Come back to Caesarea. Well, here it is. Paul has answered all these accusations that were brought against him. And now Festus says, Well, hey, he's wanting to do the Jews a favor. What was that favor that he was wanting to do? Bring him back to Jerusalem. He answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go to Jerusalem? <laughs> I wonder what was going to happen there, you know? And there be judged before me concerning these things. So the plot was there, and not necessarily of a divine intervention for Paul here. But Paul, oh, well, y'all can't see that neither. We'll go on. It doesn't matter. So Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews, I have done no wrong, as you very well know, because Festus couldn't find anything wrong. For if I am an offender or if I have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying. But if there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no man can deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. Now, as I was studying on this, a lot of commenters on this very uh, statement of Paul and his appealing to Caesar said Paul made a mistake. He shouldn't have appealed to Caesar because there was nothing that they could find to accuse him on. Everything that they brought against him wouldn't stick, and so he messed up. But Paul was already told by God, you're going to Rome. And so maybe through divine intervention, him appealing to Caesar was him getting away from that road to Jerusalem where they were going to be waiting to kill him so that he could go directly to Rome as God had told him, you're going to Rome. I'm taking it above your head, Festus, I appeal to Caesar. Now, that being said, something else that I learned while I studied for this is the Caesar at this time is Nero. And maybe that's not such a good thing for Paul to go in front of because Nero was not the very best to the the Jews or the Christian at this time. Verse 12, he says, Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar? To Caesar you shall go. Maybe this was a way of, of Festus saying, you know, I, I just want to be done with you. I'm washing my hands, kind of like Pilate did. And saying, go on so I don't have to deal with this. <clears throat> that being said, verse 13. And after some days, King Agrippa and Bernice came to Caesarea to greet Festus. And when they had been there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a certain man left, a prisoner by Felix, about whom the chief priest and the elders of the Jews informed me when I was in Jerusalem asking for a judgment against him. And so here King Agrippa and his sister Bernice, they come to Caesarea, they come to celebrate this Festus his new governorship and there there they are but while King Agrippa is there King Agrippa uh, Festus begins to tell King Agrippa let me tell you about this prisoner that was left here by Felix because I don't know what to do with him maybe you can give me some insight who is King Agrippa well, King Agrippa, that's King Herod Agrippa II in this instant, and his sister Bernice, they came to Caesarea to congratulate Festus on his new appointment. Agrippa, the original, he's the son of Herod Agrippa I who murdered James and imprisoned Peter in Acts 12. So if you want to know who, and now Festus is looking to Agrippa to say, listen, you've had run-ins with the Jews. You yourself are a Jew. And here I am caught up in this battle between Jews. And maybe what, what do you want me to do? You see, because Festus is in this place, maybe between a rock and a hard place, because Paul has appealed to Caesar, but Festus doesn't know what to say. He doesn't know what to write against him to say he's guilty of this or that and he's appealed to you and this is what's charged against him. He had no charges to bring before Paul. So let me ask you, King Agrippa, what do you think about Paul and his case? And so for the rest of this chapter, it's basically King Agrippa telling, or Festus telling King Agrippa what Paul, what the charges had Been and what uh, Paul's answer, and what can we do about it? So in verse 16, it says, To them I answered, It is not custom. That's Festus talking about to the Jews. It is not custom of the Romans to deliver any man to destruction before the accused meets the accusers face to face and has an opportunity to answer for himself concerning the charge against him. Therefore, when they had come together without any delay, the next day I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man to be brought in. So Festus, here I am. I'm telling you the story. This is everything that we just looked at prior to this. And now Festus is telling King Agrippa this is what happened. And when the accusers stood up, they brought no accusations uh, against him of such things as I supposed. But had some questions against him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who died, who Paul affirmed to be alive. Now remember when Paul gave that answer uh, a little bit ago, it was, I did nothing against the law uh, to defile the temple, nor against Caesar. And so that's all that was recorded that Paul gave in defense of himself. But as we can see of the what Festus is recounting to to King Agrippa is Paul made mention of Jesus and about how Jesus is alive. And so even in this defense that we had of Paul to Festus and to these chief men among the Jews, Paul again preached Jesus about his resurrection and about him being alive. But Festus couldn't do anything with it. He couldn't find anything wrong with it. But that's what I inferred from that. It says, And because I was uncertain of such questions, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem. I bet you and And there be judge concerning these matters. But when Paul appealed to be reserved for the decision of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept till I could send him to Caesar. And so there Paul basically reserved his life because really they were going to be waiting for him on that road back to Jerusalem. So we know what would have happened going back that way. Maybe it wasn't a mistake as all the scholars would point out. It was a mistake. He would have been let go. He would have been free. And eventually he would have made his way to Rome. Maybe. Or maybe he would have never made it to Jerusalem. And that would have been the end of his journey. But he had appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar, I'm letting him go. I'm just going to let him go to it. And so verse 22, then Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. So the next day, when Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp and had entered the auditorium with the commanders and the prominent men of the city at Festus, At Festus's command, Paul was brought in. And so there it is, just like any kingly arrival would be or what you would expect it to be. Here comes King Agrippa. Everybody bow down. You've got this great pomp that's going on for him. Everyone in the city is out there worshiping the king as he comes in with Festus. And now they're calling for Paul because that's what he wanted to do. King Agrippa himself, Having come from that lineage of the Jews, having come from his father who had imprisoned uh, Peter, who had killed James, I would like to hear what Paul has to say too about this Jesus fellow. Let's bring him out. And so that's what's going to take place in chapter 26. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all the men who were here present with us, you see this man about whom the whole assembly of the Jews petitioned me both at Jerusalem and here, crying out that he was not fit to live any longer. But when I found that he had uh, committed nothing deserving of death and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I decided to... So there, uh, Festus just affirming, there's nothing there. Even though they brought these accusations against Paul, they said he defiled the temple. They say that he's been treasonous against Caesar, against Rome, that he's broken the law in some manner. I found nothing. They could prove no charge that they laid out. But he appealed to Caesar, and so I'm bringing this is that Paul who I've been talking about. And so the last two verses there I have nothing certain to write to my lord concerning him therefore i have brought him out before you and especially before you king agrippa so that after the examination has taken place i may have something to write for it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not specify a charge against and so that was the whole purpose and plot of why he wanted agrippa to examine paul not that he could lay a charge against Paul himself, but that he could find some fault in Paul that whenever he appealed to Caesar, he could write it out. This is the charge laid against him. And so we'll, we'll see in the next chapter what exactly this could be as he faces King Agrippa next. And so the lesson is yours this evening. I hope that you've taken something from the lesson. I apologize for my tiny map, um, but y'all know where we're at. So we never like to close the service without offering an invitation of the Lord or without giving you an opportunity if you feel like maybe you haven't been as strong and courageous as you should have, should be in this fight that we're all in. We all face the accuser daily. The devil accuses us before God and our only hope to that is the answer of Christ. And we can have that answer met for us by being baptized and having our sins washed away, being covered by the blood of Christ. Maybe you're here tonight, you've never done that. You have that opportunity to do so. But likewise, if you're here tonight and you have find that your faith has faltered a little, you need the prayers of the church for strength to overcome whatever obstacles that you may be facing We stand ready to assist you, and we invite you to sing the song selected.